stand. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ is risen. He is, he is risen, risen indeed. indeed. Hallelujah. Doesn't quite work when you say Christ is ascended, right? Christ is ascended indeed. Hallelujah. But that is what we celebrate today because that is part of what Christ came to do, what Jesus came to do. He is still the risen Lord, and he is also the ascended Lord. He is one who has died and been raised and now has ascended and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. We Sometimes I think in the modern, the modern times of the church have kind of forgotten what, why, why do we do ascension? I mean, this is the first time, I don't know if it's the first time Resurrection's ever done an ascension service on the day when it's customarily held. Usually it's been pushed to the following Sunday, at least as long as I've been here. I haven't been here that long, but um, it's something that is coming back into practice. And for a good reason, because it's important for us to remember this vital part of our Lord's life that we confess every Sunday when we gather. Every Sunday, we confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God made flesh, the Word made flesh, that He lived the perfect life, died, rose from the dead, and has, and, and has ascended to the right hand of the Father. What does this mean, though? What is he doing now? Because oftentimes we face uh, trials and tribulations, temptations to despair and to doubt. And sometimes we may ask ourselves, even just quietly, and you don't have to admit if you ask yourself this, but you may say to yourself, where is God in all of this? Where is Jesus. Sometimes it comes out in the form of asking or saying, saying something along the lines of, I wish that I lived in the time of the apostles where I could have seen Jesus face to face and touched him and heard his voice. And then that would have been really something. But how quickly do we forget that the apostles <laughs> had the privilege and in some sense, it was wasted on them. They struggled to believe the truth and what was really happening and who Christ really was and is, really. That's not a past tense thing, who Christ is. In some sense, we are 
more blessed, as St. John says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed in what he has done. That to believe the word of God is to be blessed. To see with your ears, as it were, is to be blessed. To hear the word of God because it truly is the gift of the church. It is that wonderful gift that we laud and that we are given to use and to walk according to, that the word of God tells you that Christ died for your sins, rose from the dead for your justification, and now ascended to the right hand of the Father. That when you hear that and you believe it, that's not, that's not insignificant. It, is, it has all the significance in the world that you hear of the amazing things of Christ and believe them. It is wonderful that Christ is not here in the same way that he was at one point in time. He is here, though, in a very real sense. Jesus says at the end of uh, Matthew's gospel that the church should go forth and, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them. And lo, I am with you always, even until the very end of the age. Again, our temptation is to think he's not with us. Where is he? Or to say, I wish he was actually here in the flesh. And that is the struggle we have with our sin. We look around with our eyes and we want to see Jesus. But it's enough for us to hear that he is near us and to trust in that. Jesus is everywhere that God is. To be seated at the right hand of God is to be seated in the place of power. That it's not just that he's in some one geographical location up there in the sky somewhere. You're not going to get in a rocket and go into outer space and find Jesus. That's not what it means for him to ascend. It means that he now fills all things. That to ascend into the cloud is to go where God himself is because he is God. That in in the wandering in the wilderness of God's people, he led them by a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day, that in the cloud is where God is. No, I hate to insert this dumb joke here. That's not a technological reference to say he's in the cloud somewhere. I've heard that before. It's, it's pretty terrible, honestly. I'm a dad, but I'm not that seasoned of a dad to use that kind of joke. But the thing is, is that he is everywhere. He is in all places. He is in all things. And when we say things like the Lord works in mysterious ways, how much more mysterious can you get to say that flesh and blood, Jesus Christ, in the flesh now fills all things. He is in all places at all times, seeing all things, hearing all things, knowing all things, doing all things. 
that he is in the Holy of Holies in the temple not made with hands. And he prays day and night ceaselessly, not sleeping for you. For you. He does all these things as now your great high priest, presenting himself as the perfect sacrifice for your sins so that God's wrath on you which you surely deserve, is now stayed and satisfied. He does all these things for you. And in this way, he is here in this place, and in all places, at all times, it's, it's one of those things when, when you say God is in church, some people might say, well, God is everywhere. Yes, that's true. God is everywhere. Jesus is in all places. But in this place, and in all places where his word is preached, where his sacraments are given, where baptism is washing, where the absolution is granting you a new life in Christ, where the body and blood, body and blood of Christ is being given to you for the forgiveness of your sins to strengthen your faith, that is where Jesus is. And what a tremendous gift. What a wonderful gift. So that we can hear the word of God given in Colossians chapter 3 when St. Paul writes, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. That in this world, your flesh is going to want to pull you down. And it's going to want to get you to look at all the horrible things that are going on around you. The personal tragedies. The loss. The loved ones that are hurting. And your flesh is going to want to get you to despair because that's what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to keep your eyes on the earth and the things of this world. But we who are raised with Christ should keep our minds on the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father who is working day and night, tirelessly, ceaselessly, for you on your behalf so that all things would now work for your good, you who have been called according to God's purpose, who love him because he first loved you. So in this world, the end goal is not of this world. The end goal is yet to come, either in death or in the coming of Christ, when he will bring in the new heavens and, and the new earth and wipe away every tear from every face once and for all. That goal is not in sight according to the flesh, but Christ is in sight according to faith. So therefore, it is ours in faith And the day is coming when we shall see that goal lived out in Christ.
Christ on that last day. And we shall be like him, glorified and without pain, without suffering and without sin and death. And on that day, he will bring us to where he is and we shall see him as he is face to face at last. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, um, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.